Hey, Takeover Church, it's Pastor Matt McClure here, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We pray it blesses you, we pray it encourages you, we pray it sets you up for a huge win this week. And before you go, make sure you subscribe below, make sure you're liking the channel, make sure you're sharing this with your friends to get the word out, not only about church, but all the incredible life-changing things that God is doing here at Takeover Church. We love you guys, have a great rest of your week. Oh man, good morning, Takeover Church. How are we doing? Good. Oh man, I need a praise in this place. Like you know that you're saved. Like you know that God is Oh man, it's so much more than just hype. There is a reality that we get to live in that other people who do not yet know Jesus do not have the privilege of living in. But you and I do. We are sons. We are daughters. So there's always a reason to make some noise. There's always a reason to praise. There's always a reason to worship. Can we just give God right now? Make it noise. Praise it loud. Yo, I'm fired up this morning. Matt, you're a redhead. You're always fired up. I know, but you judge me, okay? But this morning, oh, it's just so good to see all of your beautiful faces. You are the best looking people between 28th Street and Hall, I swear. Like, you are just the most gorgeous individuals on that block. It's just good. <laughs> Matt, it's more than a block. I know I didn't do math or school well. Uh, but this morning, yes, as Zach just pointed out, we are continuing our series, One of Ones. And Really, this is just a bunch of disconnected messages that don't really have much to do with one another, but just kind of let the Holy Spirit guide us we to meet right now, and it gives us a series awesome, we're going to hit it, uh, maybe we'll do one in a few weeks here called Summer Love and Heavy of Less. No one's seen Grease, it's cool, I saw Grease 2 first, anyways, Grease 2 is the better Grease. Lead church now, bro. I want to go, 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 right up. Come on, do the leather jacket, the hair. It's me, baby, it's me. We all know it's so good. Come on. Uh, Grease 2. As, I, as the kids say, I stand Grease 2. I don't even know what that means. I just see it on Twitter. Uh, it's terrible. But this morning, <laughs> yes, we are continuing the series one of ones right now. And then a relationship series for the summer called Summer Love. It's definitely an idea that we're tossing around right now. Um, it's going to be good, but this morning, obviously, I think everybody in here, because not only do we have televisions, if you don't have television, you have a computer, if you don't have a computer, you have a smartphone, if you don't have a smartphone, I don't know what year you're living in, but uh, no judgment, trust me, going back to a track phone sounds beautiful right now. Uh, like, literally, I just deleted my Twitter yesterday, like, oh my gosh, just stop, you know? But it's apparent. That obviously, right now in the world, especially the last four weeks, but the last 14 weeks in general, have just been absolutely insanity, pandemonium, inexplainable, it's crazy, it's wild. I think for most of us, we are coming out of a place right now where we have felt just a big sense of dread, a sense of looming unknown, a sense of having no direction or confidence of what we are here for or what we are supposed to do. And honestly, there's been so much hurt and pain over the last 14 weeks for so many people. And then you look at the last four weeks and 
now, just now, the world, or should I say the white world, is just now having their eyes open to a plague and a pandemic and a virus and a pain and a hurt that's existed in this country for 400 years. And there's just a lot of, I'm tired, I'm done, I'm over it. I think people are weary and heavy burdened this morning in this season of life. So I came to preach it like I feel this morning because, friends, I want to encourage you in church this morning. I want to encourage you this morning that you you do not have a far-off God who pities you in heaven. You have an ever-present Jesus who has power for your pain. Amen? Amen. We do not serve a God who is up in heaven who takes pity on us. We have a God who went to the cross so that the Holy Spirit can live in us so that we're two or more gathered. He can fill in the gaps within the room. He can meet with his people here and now. And right now, he's saying, I don't take pity on your pain. I give you power for your pain. Do you believe in this morning? You're taking notes. Kind of preaching here. I ain't got, got to where I'm at. You're taking notes. The title of my message this morning for week six of one of ones is Power for Your Pain. Power for Your Pain. Would you just go ahead while you're writing that down? Would you just turn to your neighbor and write that down some good news this morning and tell them there is power for your pain? Power for your pain. Amen. Oh, you can say it like you believe it. Power for your pain. There we go. Yeah. I didn't know my water bottle before I got up here. Okay. We're coming out of Luke 8 to 43 through 48. Got a Bible sitting. If you don't, there's an app for that. If you don't, uh, it's on the Sky Bible. Someone said, Hi, Sky Bible. Hi, Sky Bible. Hi, Sky Bible. Oh, that's ridiculous. Okay, here we go. Luke 8, 43 through 48. I'm coming out of the ESV this morning. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately, someone said immediately, immediately, immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? And when all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me for I perceive." The power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him and declared in the presence of all the people that why she touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Amen. Go in peace. Amen. Does anybody want to go in peace this morning? Yeah. yeah. Does anybody want to go in peace this morning? Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Let's pray and we're going to see what God will do with that. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, it's an honor, it's a privilege to lead your church. God, we just ask this morning that in this room there would be no division. That in this room there would be no contrarian thoughts for the sake of contrary. That in this room right now, God, you would be the sole focus of our hearts and our divine attention this morning, God. We don't give you our undivided attention. We give you our attention. Our attention, God. Every ounce of it. We're not thinking about afterwards. We're not thinking about before. We're not thinking about Saturday night. We're not thinking about anything, God. Your grace covers a multitude this morning. And so whatever anxiety or worry or mistakes are plaguing our minds, conversations with have the spouse all the way here. Right now, God, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill the gap within our minds. And you would arrest us right now, God. You would arrest us. We want to give you this moment. We want to spend time with you, Jesus. 
Some of us today, we just came to church. We need a moment with Jesus. And we're asking for it this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, come and have your way, Father God. Full church set. Amen. No, I said full church set. Amen. There we go. Power for your pain. And again, as I was as I was thinking about this message and I was praying, man, I can't even begin to describe me what, what the last 14 weeks have have looked like for me and personal pain that I felt as the things that have taken place in my own life. And then obviously seeing all the absolutely heartbreaking video footage of what is there's no other way of putting it. Murder, okay? Let me just pause right here because I got some new faces today to take over church. Uh, we believe Black Lives Matter. Take over church, we believe uh, white supremacy should die. Yes. And uh, take over church, we believe that racism is from hell. It's a yes. sin that needs to go back to. Amen? Amen. Are we all on the same page? Yes. If you didn't know, check out the last two weeks' messages, okay? But we're looking at this world that we're living in. There's just so much pain, and there's so much confusion, and there's so much hurt, and I just feel like there's a spirit of, like, just being distraught all over America right now. Whether you were just over with COVID-19, or whether you were just sick to your stomach of what you're seeing on the news, whether your personal experience as a black or brown person due to prejudice and bigotry and racism has just been weighing heavy on you because you have existed your entire life being followed around and looked at at a grocery store for no reason other than the color of your skin. There are things that are just coming to the forefront in our society right now that I truly believe God is wanting to deal with, but there's a way that he's going to deal with it, and he is going to meet you right there in the middle of your pain. Yes. Yeah. And right now, I just, all the conversations we're having with people from church, the personal stuff that Adrian and I are having, all of these things that are taking place in our lives, and as we look at the world at large, and some of us, some of us, I believe, if we're being honest this morning, we're fighting enough of our own battles on a daily basis that the last thing we needed was a worldwide pandemic. Am I, am I right? Some of us, we are so just overwhelmed with working on a broken marriage right now. We have spent so much of our time and energy. We are exhausted. We're trying to fight for this thing. We're trying to exist for this thing. And some of us, we have had a hard enough time battling Rhonda, let alone Rhonda. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Yeah. Ain't nobody here married to no Rhonda, praise God. Uh, <laughs> who told you? Uh, confessions later. Uh, and some of us, good jokes. Some of us, our pain is is different. I would say that a lot of us are, are feeling lots of different kinds of pain right now. Some of us, we, we already had social anxiety. We already had giant suspicion towards the world at large and our government and however you feel left or right doesn't really matter. Some of us are so overwhelmed and we're so inundated with politics and with all these political schemes that are happening and who's right and who's this and who is telling the right information and where we get the correct information. There are these people who believe that the earth is flat even though we just launched a rocket into space with two guys on it and a monkey and or was it an elephant? It was some sort of something that was a T-Rex. And we launched him into space, and on the camera you see that the earth is round, and we're like, who do we trust? And then for some of us, some of us, whether it's ourselves, or it's a family member, or it's a loved one, or it's someone near and dear to our hearts, like my, like my in-laws, my amazing in-laws, who I love, hello, Scott and Ned. 
her home with Alex because my sister-in-law, she has Down syndrome, which means obviously she has, she's immune, uh, immune compromised. And, and when we get church prepared, kids are going back on the 28th, she's going to be there. By the way, take her kids to the 28th, I said that. But I think about them and the four-year-plus-long journey that we've been on of seeing my beautiful sister-in-law getting back to a place of wellness and, and so often we feel like we see a moment of promise, we see a stretch of promise, and we see a long stretch of promise, we see what looks like a marathon that's going to turn into, into just normal and then something would happen and then we'll have like two terrible weeks and it's just this and man there are just people right now that the last thing they needed was what has taken place in the world because they already have so much on their plate. And then there's other people who's, again, their entire existence has been one of being prejudiced against, of feeling, of feeling bigotry on them, of feeling like racism is coming for them, that they can't go somewhere without being and having eyes follow every direction that they go. They can't, they can't afford to go five miles over the speed limit like Pastor Matt can because it's a white dude that can drive 80 in a one way and nobody's going to say anything. There's been so much pain. And then to add the last 14 weeks of this on top of it, well, I feel like we just kind of get to the bottom of the barrel sometimes when we start looking at our hands. We start looking at our wallet, and we start looking at our marriage, we start looking at the color of our skin, and we start looking at society, and we start looking at all of these things, and we start to question, is there any remedy for when I feel powerless? Is there any hope for when I'm at the bottom of a barrel? Is there any, is there any end in sight when I'm staring down a double barrel? I am depressed. I am suicidal. I am worried. There are just so much going on. Please tell me in this life there is some sort of power for my pain. But this church, Takeover Church, we believe in the good news of the gospel, don't we? We believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, don't we? We believe that if Jesus Christ is still seen at the right hand of the Father and God is still on the throne and the Holy Spirit still lives and resides on the inside of every single believer who has confessed in their mouth and believed in their heart that Jesus is Lord, well, then check, check, and she yet we believe that there is power for our pain, don't we, church? Come on, you believe in the story. God that brings beauty from ashes, don't we? Yes. We, we? We serve the God that brings order into chaos, don't we? Yes. We serve the God that when the earth was void, when he created, he spoke life into it. Come on, somebody. Yes. He is the perfecter of making nothing into something. Yes. Amen? Yes. So this morning, I want to create a safe place where we can just bring our pain. You don't got to pretend here. There's no beat down here. There's only a build-up belt. Yes. If you're in pain, you're in pain. Let's start with where you're at, yes. not where you pretend to be. Yeah. If you're in pain, let's talk about it. Yeah. If you're in pain, let's see what the Word of God has to say about it. Yeah. If you're in pain, let's bring the name of Jesus above it. Come on, somebody. How many of you know light has to, or darkness has to leave when the light comes in the room? Come on, somebody. So this morning, we see this piece of Scripture. It's one of my personal favorite piece of scripture. It's hilarious because as I was studying and I was reading about it, I had this moment of like, Eureka! You know, and I was like, dude, I got another message on this one. Ooh, for a later day. I love it.
love when God just reveals to you something. The Word of God says that the Word of God goes forth and it does not return void. It means that it can teach you and teach you and teach you and reveal and reveal and reveal. You will never have the Bible figured out. You will never know everything that it says. You will never get it because God is so much deeper and He is going to continue to reveal new revelation to you. So keep in that word, okay? And so here, what we see is we see Jesus comes ashore and in this moment, Jesus is just coming off of, I was going to say healing, but he was delivering a, a young boy from, from being demon-possessed. And he was doing these miracles, and he was feeding thousands. And, and Jesus just gets done with all of these miracles. The word is getting around. The word around town, the gospel about Jesus is that, yo, there's this guy. He might be the Messiah. He might be a prophet. Or he might be a lunatic. I don't know. This dude is spitting in people's eyes and rubbing mud in it. And he is eating locusts and he's doing weird stuff. But for whatever reason, he's got the heartbeat of heaven. Whatever God he's coming from, something happens when Jesus comes to town. There are miracles that take place. There are dead bodies that are raised to life. There are demons that are thrown out. There are daughters that are raised back to life. Lazarus walks out of the tomb. When Jesus comes around, how many of you know things start coming back to life? That's right. And so in this moment, the word got around. Somebody said the word got around. Word word got around. around. Oh, man, I feel like we just need to get the word around, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. The word was getting around, and they didn't even know who Jesus was yet. They didn't even know. They were like, yo, is this Elijah? Did he come back? Is this Isaiah? Who's this prophet? Whatever, he's better than Ezra so much that we need a really bad Christian man after it. Like, who is this? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Oh, they take a vessel, it's going to write me. Um, so, say the thing. And so the word is getting around. As Jesus comes ashore, it's immediate. He doesn't start just walking in the town and people gather. No, no, no. As he is coming on the shore, word got around so fast about who Jesus is in this part of the city. They were like, dude, he is coming here. We need to get to the beach side. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he has. I don't know what kind of direct line to Baal or whatever God, or maybe it's the God of Israel. I don't even know. I don't know who he knows, but he knows them, and it shows, okay? We need to get to the beach. And so all of a sudden, Jesus gets on shore, and he's got his boys, and there is a great cloud of people. They just start fluttering around him. They just start surrounding Jesus. They just start gathering around the name of Jesus. How powerful is the name of Jesus that the very whisper of who he might be causes a gathering? The very whisper of who he might be. They don't even know who he is yet. They don't even have a relationship like him with him like you and I do on a personal level. Right now he is one man with 12 dudes. He is singular in this moment. How great is the name of Jesus that the very whisper or hint or speculation of who he might be causes revival. Come on, somebody. Yeah, and so here we are. We see this great witnesses come around him, and they're coming from all around. They're coming from this tribe, and they speak this tongue here, and they're this color skin there, and they're coming from this background here, and these people have committed these kind of sins, and these kind of people have committed these kind of sins, and these people over here, they cheat on everybody and everybody, and they're doing all of these things, and here they are. They are gathering around the name of Jesus. Is the name of Jesus not the great equalizer of all men. Yes. Is it not the great hope of all men and women? Yes. Is it not the great restorer for our broken world? Yes. Yes. Come on, I wonder. I wonder in this life if I could just get a little personal with you. I wonder. These people, they gathered around a hint, around a speculation of who Jesus might be. Of what Jesus 
could do. So much so that gathered around him in hope of what he would do in their lives. And so I wonder for me, I wonder for me right now, what is it about my life? What am I doing? What am I doing or not doing? What, what have I been about or not been about? What are people receiving from me on a daily basis? If he is who he says he is, if he's done everything in my life that he said he's done, if he can heal legs, if he can heal someone's heart the morning before they go and get surgery in this very auditorium, if he can heal Adrian's broken arm after she gets attacked by a dog, if he can miraculously do these things, if our God is able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask, dream, or imagine, we've experienced the marriages in this room that have been restored under the authority of Jesus Christ, the purity that's been restored under the, uh, the name of Jesus Christ, the children that are being raised up now, the people whose finances and the pressure there have been answered, the situation that we just seen, we did deserve, we couldn't earn it, but God came through and He just made a way if this is who He is. Yeah. And what is it about my testimony? And what is it about my witness? That isn't bearing testimony or fruits of the whispers of who Jesus is if there's not a great multitude arriving to come around it. These are people who have their own list of pain. People who have their own experiences. People who have their own ailments, their own struggles, their own holdbacks in life. Here we see them. They come from miles around to gather around the slightest, the slightest idea of who he might be. Man, if Jesus could, if there's a 1% chance that shouldn't we do everything in our power to make it to that beachfront? If there's a if there's a 0.256748, no matter where we're at, if there's a pie chance, 4.3785045, none of us will write except for. If there's a chance, a percentage, a fracture of a chance that he is who everybody says he is. There's a chance that should we not be gathering around the name of Jesus. And I just want to ask myself, and I kind of want to put a personal challenge out to us as a church. What is there about us? If we believe that we want, as a church, we want to see Jesus take over people's lives. Well, then what they are hearing from us, our testimony, it has to be more than a whisper. It has to be a witness. Asking more of speculation and concrete. This is what he's done for me. And it's got to spread. And it's got to go. This thing has got to be not asymptomatic in Christianity. Christianity has to flow from us. Our Jesus has to flow from us. Jesus, the very name, the whisper of his name, and the potential in it will always cause people to gather. So no matter your season of life right now, I want to encourage you on the flip side of the personal challenge to our church. I want to encourage you on this as well. There's power in the gathering. There's power of coming around the name of Jesus. When you're in the lowest of lows and you're in the most pain you've ever felt, when you're in your darkest hour, do not run from the name of Jesus. Do not run from the community of Jesus. Do not run from the teachings of Jesus. Do not run from the Jesus Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Do not run from community and personal time with the Lord. Run to that place because He is alive and He is active. And whenever Jesus shows up on the scene, everything changes. 
We never see a moment in Scripture where things aren't totally flipped upside down when Jesus comes through. So many of us, we've felt such pain in our lives recently that we don't even want to have a personal, intimate moment with Jesus. We just want to come to church. No, I just, I just want to be here where I can be a, another face in the crowd and I can just experience this moment, but I'm so hurt, I have so much pain, I have so much depression that I can't even muster up the hey Jesus in my personal life when the lights are off and the door is closed and it's just me in this naked room. I know I can welcome him into this moment and know he's here whether I'm welcoming him in a moment or not, but you can't do anything until I turn that light switch on. I just can't right now. I'm in so much pain, I'm in so much distress, I am so far down that I'm just coming to the gathering. I want to experience Jesus vicariously. I just want to see him through you and hope that he's still for me. That's so many of us often. It's me a lot of times, and I'm really fast. And then there's some of us that we've been in so much pain that we had not even come back to church. We might be tuning in online. This podcast might come across our Apple download feed or our Spotify. We might see this on YouTube because we, we subscribed to the channel a while back. And we're, we're so low that we feel like we just can't get high again. We can't get back up again. We don't want to go to church because we don't want people to see us like this. Because we care more about personal perception than divine revelation. We care more about personal perception than we do an intimate healing moment with our Creator. And so we stay away and we have the thoughts of, I can't let them see me like this. Oh, after quarantine, I'm not coming back the same person they do. My faith isn't there. My commitment isn't there. We'll have lies that will enter our head like, nope, they're broken too and they just don't want to admit it. They're hypocrites. I'm not going back there and You'll notice these thoughts start coming in when you realize that you have just been so crippled on the inside. Those thoughts should be a red light to us as Jesus followers. They're not life-giving. They're not what God says about you. They're not what God calls you to. So if you feel like those are the thoughts that are dripping and trickling into your mind at any point in your spiritual journey with Jesus, you've got to know and call them out. Those are from hell. And they want to take you there. But God calls you out of it. Come on, somebody. Come on, there's power in the gathering. So if you're in pain, if you're in sickness, if your marriage is in distress, if you are in financial difficulty, if you made decisions and you are just now reaping the percut, the, uh, you know what I'm trying to say, if you're just now reaping the seeds and the fruit that you've sown from years gone by right now, and you just now have the consequences, don't run. Don't run from, run to. Run to. Because there's this power. There's this power that comes in the two of who are gathered. There he is in the midst of us. There's a power when you can look to your left and your right and your neighbor can be encouraging. There is power when you come around in the name of Jesus and you actually believe what he can do. And you actually have 12 years of desperation to believe that he is truly up to something. Don't forsake the gathering, our Bible says, because God knows 
He knows that the enemy is going to employ every single tactic he has, every lie, everything he's ever told you, every doubt that you've ever experienced with God or with church, every single thing that you want to chalk up to. It's just the universe working out some happenstance. Whatever it is, there is power in the gathering, and there is power for your pain in the gathering. I appreciate anybody this morning. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in being a church where we need an Instagram post to remind us service is coming up. I don't want to be the kind of church that needs to have the best social media and the coolest lights and have all the father genes. And these things are great. These things are awesome. And we are going to make sure that our time together in corporate worship is one that is spectacular and memorable, but is all geared towards you intersecting in this moment with your creator because friends I've got to tell you this life of following Jesus it is not about prioritizing or setting apart time for Jesus it's about gathering around the name of Jesus and out of that gathering that's what you determine your time is being spent on that's where you determine what you're going to do with your life it's first coming around Jesus making him the center of our lives and then determining what everything else looks like on the other side of it. It is not Jesus at the end of the week. It's Jesus over everything. And then out of that moment, we decide what and who in time and where we will spend it, the work we're going to work, and the job that we're going to have. Because there is something higher than the American dream. Something higher than what our society deems as life. Something higher. It's not about prioritizing. It's about making Jesus the center. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. Yeah. Is this helping anybody out this morning? Yeah. Is this the good news for anybody this morning? Yeah. There is power in this thing. And there is power in the name of Jesus. And I believe as we come around the name of Jesus, and we just hear the whispers, and we see glimpses of who he does, of what he is, and what he can do, and we see it take place in this auditorium, man, there's no place that I'd rather be. It's not just because I'm the pastor. It's because I believe that we have a life-giving Holy Spirit-filled, Bible-believing, soaked in the blood of Jesus kind of church, and this is what my soul needs. Am I alone? When we hear the good name, when we hear the name of Jesus, it should be good news to our souls. When we hear the name of Jesus, it should be wellness to our soul and the storm that's going on in the inside of us and the chaos that's going on in the world and the darkness that we feel like we are surrounded by, held down by, and drowned by. When we hear the good news of Jesus, it should pierce through that. Some of us, we've experienced such pain in this life. We've experienced such pain in this life. And we just find ourselves in a place where we don't even want to acknowledge the name of Jesus. The authority that the name of Jesus comes with. What he is able to do in our lives. We, we don't want to be prayed over. We don't want any accountability. And accountability isn't just people telling you you did wrong, by the way. Right. We're not telling you you're slipping on. You know, it's not just that. Accountability is we have a relationship where I'm going to check in on you. Yeah. Good or bad. We're going to check in and we're going to see how your marriage is doing. We're going to see how you're doing with pornography. We're going to see how you're doing with all of these other areas in your life. How's your drinking going this week? What are you doing? Where have you been? How are you winning at this? Accountability is about making sure we pass the finish line. 
Maybe give him a naughty word at some point in church, and I do not understand it because I want to pass the finish line. I believe everybody does. But so often the pains of life have made it so that we don't, we don't even see the finish line as priority. We just see it's making it through the day. And so in this moment of Scripture, all of these people gathering around the name of Jesus and who he might be is speculation of the good news yet to come. And there's this woman, our Bible says, there's this woman that she has this discharge of blood. She has this issue of blood. If you don't understand what that means, ask your mother. Okay? She had this issue of blood in a, in a female way when she was bleeding for 12 years straight. She had a 12-year ailment that completely ruined her entire life. And the reason I say that is because you have to understand, again, we're a church, it's all about context. Context is king because context makes scripture better than it is, okay? In this day and age, much like a leper, much like other sick people, this woman, she would have, because of her disease and her discharge, she would have found herself a woman displaced. She would not be a woman who was welcomed in, in local taverns and bars and pubs. She would not be welcomed in the temple. She would not be welcomed at family gatherings. She would not be welcomed in her own home. If she had a husband, if she had kids, if she had a job, if she had a career, the second this thing started and there wasn't a remedy for it and it wasn't going away and nothing could take place, the second that she would be displaced, she would move, she would lose her home, she would move. She would move outside the city. She would be put outside away from society because at the time, not only was it unsightly, not only was it disgusting, not only was it this thing that we were just, people were just completely flat for gas and by and did not understand. So often when you had an ailment like this that would just not be healed, people believed that you must have something so inherently wrong on the inside of you that you are so fractured and flawed as a human being that there is a God, no matter which one it is that they believed in time, that saw fit to judge you in a certain way to give you this lifelong illness. They would put you on the outside because they didn't want your bad juju. They didn't want your bad vibes. They wanted you out. It wasn't just that you were gross or that you were nasty or that it was just it smelled bad or whatever it may be. It was, no, there is something in her, there is something on her, and there is something above us that does not want her to succeed in life. Get her out. And so here's this woman. Here's this woman who understood. Here's this woman that, that our Bible tells us that she spent everything she had on physicians, on doctors, on remedies, on cure-alls, on witch doctors, on pills, on medicine. She did all the research. She did everything she thought she knew to do. And she went to all the quote-unquote right places. And she burned through everything, every single thing that she had, which obviously wouldn't have been much. So her options would have been limited. But she found herself in this place. She doesn't work. She can't hold down a job. She's not welcome in the workplace. She cannot have a career. All her dreams, her call, everything that she was intrinsically made and designed to do in this earth was forfeited for 12 years. Having a family, nope. Having a husband, nope. All of it was thrown out. But she was thrown outside the city walls. She heard. She heard by bystanders and people coming through the city and Hey, Jesus is coming to town. It's better than Christmas. This is better. We've seen prophets in the days of old. 
We've heard about Moses and the sea splitting. We've heard about fire coming down and wiping out whole armies. We know who King David is and how he struck down Goliath and he ruled and he ruled and he ruled. We know all the stories about what can take place, the miraculous that can take place. But it's in this moment that this woman decides that she's going to put away all of her knowledge. She's going to put away all of her research. She is, at, she is at a place in life where she is out of options. How many of you know when you are out of options, there's always an opportunity to meet with Jesus? That's a word for somebody this morning. This woman, she recognized that she was out of options, literal, uh, 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 literal, tangible options in this moment, but there was an opportunity to meet with Jesus. If you feel like this morning that our world is out of options, there's always an opportunity for you to meet with Jesus. If you feel like this morning that your marriage is out of options, there's an opportunity to meet with Jesus. If you feel like the debt that you have is crippling and you have zero options, there is always an opportunity to meet with Jesus. Amen. If you feel like legislature is never going to change in your favor because of your issue, your skin tone, there is always an opportunity to meet with Jesus. I'm preaching to anybody this morning. But just like this woman... Just like this great cloud, this gathering that took place around, around Jesus. What I find really funny when I read the Gospels, what I find incredibly telling about who our God is when I read about Jesus' life, is that Jesus never performed a miracle where he wasn't. Some of you got it. Some of you didn't. I'm going to bring it right back. Jesus never performs a miracle when it isn't. That means in our lives, we want him to heal our hearts, but we can't, he can't perform a miracle in our hearts where he isn't invited. We want him to heal our marriage, but he can't perform a miracle where he isn't invited. We want him to give us direction in life, but he cannot give us direction in life where he's not invited to. We want him to relinquish and pull these chains off of us in our pornography and our sex addiction and all these things that we have going on. But if he's not invited to the conversation, if he's not invited to reign over, if he's not invited to share his thoughts and his words around the things that he designed to put into place, if he's not invited, no miracle can't take place. Jesus never did a miracle where he wasn't. Look at Lazarus. He wasn't there. That's why the Holy Spirit is so great. Jesus said great things when you do because he could be everywhere. We gotta start inviting him in. If we want to see a miracle take place in the areas that we hide from everybody else, we gotta start with opening that door to the Lord. Amen? We gotta start bringing Jesus in. And here when I look at this woman and her story. See just that. I see 12 years sentence. I see 12 years of exhausted resources, of crushed dreams, of hopelessness and despair. 
I see 12 years of a forfeited life to circumstances beyond her control. A season that lasted so long she never thought she'd see the end of it. She went to everywhere and tried everything and did everything she could in this life. She was pulling apart at the seams in this life. And she just thought she had the idea, she had the notion, she had the tenacity and the audacity to just think maybe... Maybe if I can get to this beach, I can be in the presence of this guy. And maybe if I can get into the presence of this guy, I can touch this guy. I believe if I can just touch the thread of his garment, the hem of his garment, the lower area of his robe, the one that drags on the, on the ground that is tattered, that is torn, that is broken, that is dirty, if I can just touch even a hair on his garment, then maybe I'd receive my healing. Maybe a miracle could take place. If I could just get close enough to this man they call Jesus. Well, maybe this 12-year death sentence can end. And we see in this moment that she gets there and she fights through it. Some of us, we got to recognize today that if we want to experience power for our pain, sometimes we're going to have to fight through the crowd to get it. Yeah. Some of us, we're going to have to get into a gathering or we're going to have to be okay with throwing some elbows and saying, no, I'm getting mine. I'm meeting with Jesus today. This is happening. She didn't allow it to be, make her just completely depressed. She had 12 years of this. She had no reason to show up to this gathering. She was given just a hospice sentence. This is going to happen. There's nothing mortal medicine can do. It's done. It's over. Instead of laying down and being defeated and being submitted by this disease, she stood up and she realized, I got to get to that beach. And once I get to that beach, I got to get to Jesus. Amen. We got to fight for the power for our pain this morning. Yeah, that's right. And it's in this moment where it says she pulls on the thread of Jesus. And she was instantly healed. Her discharge ceased at the very, got a lot of threads, at the very thread. The bottom, the third is part of Jesus. I know we have all these pictures where his, you know, he's rolling up a mink. And he just looks like he's going to the club. That's awesome. Now he's dirty, okay? It was just something that had no holy significance to it. Had no divine authority in heaven other than the person it was seated on. And she believed, if I could just touch a thread, if I could just pull on the thread of Jesus, then I would be healed. Now think about it. I think about her life leading up to this where she was in such despair and such depression and she was so confused in her life that she, she before she ever pulled on the thread of Jesus, she pulled on a lot of other threads. She pulled on the thread of medicine and it didn't work. She pulled on the thread of doctors and it didn't work. She pulled on the thread of Psychics and witch doctors and these other noble people who were really trying to benefit, help people. They're not swindlers. Maybe some of them were probably back in the day. But she was going to all these places that had the same word of mouth that Jesus did. Not that it could instantaneous, not that it was miraculous, but no, 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 this thing, this thing could work. This guy, he knows what he's doing. I saw it happen with my cousin Mimi over there. He can do it. <laughs> I saw it happen with my, with my, uh, my husband's sister. He can do it. I saw this medicine work, but you got to climb up this tree, you got to grab this, you got to that, you got to squish it, you got to do this, you got to blow on it for four days straight, don't sleep, blow on it for four days straight, get the cold, that's the work. Like there were all of these weird ideas that happened back then. She heard the same whispers, the same testimonies, all these other things. 
but there was just something different about the name of Jesus, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. There's just something different about the name of Jesus. I think about our life, and I think about the things that we pull on thread on life on. Some of us, we are so upset, and we are in such pain, that we start pulling on threads of him, and threads of her, and threads of this politician, and threads of this political party, and threads of this, because we think this movement's going to work, and we think this thing's actually going to give us life, and we think this medicine's actually going to work, and we think this is going to happen, and we start pulling threads and threads and threads, and we start reaching for heads of God that would never fit to actually change us, that could never do it, that could never promise a monthly deliver, and we start going here and here and here, and we run to sex, and we go, ah, oh, sex, it's great. This is going to give me my identity. This is going to give me my worth. I feel worth when I'm with him. Oh, this is going to give me value. She makes me feel value. Start pulling on the thread of sex. Really, our identity comes when we start pulling on the thread of Jesus. I am who He says I am. That's right. That's right. That's good. My value starts coming when I pull on the thread of Jesus. He determines my value, not a broken, systematic, racist society. No. Yeah. The thread of Jesus determines my worth. He paid it all so that he could ransom me. I might be a citizen of the land of the free and home of the brave. The land of the free for some people, the home of some old people. Not all people, but in the kingdom of heaven, here I have worth. Here I found my validation. Here I found my worth. Here's my identity. I'm going to pull on this thread. Yeah. You know, when the pain is too much, and we start pulling on the thread of substances and alcohol, and, well, well, this is gonna, this is gonna give me some momentary moment of happiness. Well, this is gonna give me some momentary reprieve. Of this thing, at the very least, it might numb me for a few hours. But friends, the problem with that is that there's a better thread to pull on. We pull on the thread of Jesus. He doesn't promise us a, a brief moment of reprieve. He promises us a position of rest in which we need to now live from. We don't just pull on the thread of Jesus and all of a sudden get some sort of numbness. No, 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 no. We don't get numb to the pain of this world. We get awakened and awoken to the power of our Creator that's above the world. Come on, somebody. This is who our God is. We don't pull on the thread of something that's going to give us momentary happiness because when we pull on the thread of Jesus, we find joy unspeakable that just won't go away. Come on, somebody. There's this thing that this woman knew on the inside of her that this thing, it may be old school and it may be a soul and it might be a quirky Christian song to some people we heard on the radio a lot. It might be, but the truth of the matter is we need this more than ever. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. Come on, somebody. There's no relationship. There's no person. There's no substance. There is no nothing on this earth. There's no sex. No matter how good it is, if we're being honest, there's none of it that we can ever proclaim. Right. Better is one day with this, her, him, that, or the other thing. No. Better is one day in the courts of God. And this woman, she knew that. She recognized that. In fact, all of these people, they knew that. And they recognized it. They knew. They had suspicion. They thought there was good news here. They believed there was something out of the order. And this is the thing, church, we got to understand. So many of us, we get hung up on this thing. Going to church, being a life group, going to team night, all of these things that we have available. Hangouts in the backyards, movie nights, all of these are things that our community is all about doing community. 
we get so hung up in what looks like monotony of following Jesus, and we fail to realize that there's never a mundane moment with Jesus. There is no mundane moment with Jesus. Even the most random, chilled out, eating food moments, hanging around, whatever it is with Jesus in Scripture that we see, it's always supernatural. There is no mundane moment with Jesus. It's always supernatural. It's always life-changing. He's always teaching. He's never idle. He's always doing something. He's always restoring. He's always healing. He is always making us more alive than we were than that, before that moment. Amen? There is something about gathering around the name of Jesus that is in those moments. And if we could just get this on the inside of us this morning, we would see we're going to have to fight for the power for our pain, but it is there. It is available. It is abundance. We just got to get around the name of Jesus. Man, we can pull on the thread of Jesus in this life and we can have freedom and we can pull on the thread of other things in this life and we can have bondage. Which one do we want? This is Tekken. This is Mortal Kombat. This is Street Fighter. Choose your fighter attire right now. You can choose freedom of Jesus by pulling on his thread. Or you can choose bondage by pulling on other things. But only one of them is going to be the cure. And only one of them is going to be the power for what your pain is saying in your life. Amen? Amen. Worship team, you can make your way back up here. As we get ready to close this moment, this is an incredible moment that we see. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just dry in here. I never do this before. Wait, what about this? There's an incredible moment with Jesus that says, Jesus, he feels her. And he stops. There's this great cloud of witnesses around him. There's this church service that's happening. There's this gathering that's taking place. Don't get hung up on semantics. Man, it wasn't a church service. It was just something you know, I'm sorry. Wherever the name of Jesus is, it's a church service, okay? Yeah, that's good. And so here's this moment. And Jesus, he pauses everything. What a God we serve. What a God we serve that pauses the whole thing with the one that's hurting. Amen? Amen. God, Jesus, he just pumps the brakes real quick. After she pulled on the thread, she received her promise. She received her healing and her restoration. Her whole life in a moment was given back to her. She pulled on the thread of Jesus just the one time, and her entire future was now made available to her. Doesn't that sound like salvation? Yeah. Doesn't that sound like our God? How good is Jesus? Can you just make some noise real quick? Come on. But Jesus, he pauses and he stops and he goes, who touched me? And everyone's like, gosh, I think it's Peter because he's dumb and opens his mouth a lot like myself. And he goes, who touched you? Lord, don't you know there's a great crowd pressing up against you? Everybody's touching you right now. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. I perceive that power left me and went to one. Yeah. Who touched me? Yeah. 
Friends, I got to tell you, there's power in the gathering, but sometimes when you get in the gathering, you can't just rest on your laurels or your previous experiences. You can't rest on somebody else's faith. You can't rest on the fact that their hand is raised on the left of you and their hand on the right of you is raised as well. No, sometimes you just got to get a desperation about you. Twelve years old, of just being tired and angry and turning out and just being pushed out of everything you have earned in this life. And you got to say, no, I'm going to press into this. I'm going to touch this. And I'm going to get what God has made available to me. If I could just touch him this morning. Well, then I can leave Takeover Church better today. If I can just touch him this morning, I'm not going to wait for Matt to start the class. I'm going to start the class. I'm not going to wait for Amy to start singing. I'm going to start singing. I'm not going to wait for his hands to go up so I don't look like a fool. My hands are going up because I'm not here just to press in. I'm here to receive. There's power for your pain. Friends, you've got to understand this about our God. It's what this book, this young woman found out in her life. It's that word incredible pain has found. Immeasurable power will follow. But it can only happen. Do I gotta say that again? Where incredible pain is found, immeasurable power will follow. But it's only when you fight for it. It's only when you throw some elbows and say, This is my worship. This is my Jesus. I've tried everything else. I've gone to the bottom of her, and I've gone to the top of this, and I've tried everything I can. I came to pull the bread of Jesus this morning. There's got to be purpose in my pain. There's got to be beauty from ashes. There's got to be a redemption on the other side of this. I'm looking at the world right now. I feel like I'm out of options, but I got an opportunity right now for myself, for my soul. To not just press in with y'all, but to reach out and receive what God has promised the one. If I preach to anybody this morning. So right now I want to invite you to your feet. Right now we're going to sing a song called Broken Vessels. In that finish. In that finish. Amy was at our house this week working out of the office, which we don't have a building that's our own. Thank you, Transformation So we don't have an office that's our own. As I'm working on my message, she's putting together a song list, and we're not actually talking. I started singing something, and she was already feeling led that way in her spirit from the Holy Spirit to begin with. And this song came about, and I believe it's ordered. I believe it's appointed. I believe this is an assignment for us in this moment. You don't just have to be another one in the crowd, but you can press in right now and declare all these pieces broken and shattered. Make them new, God. I came to receive mine. I came to lead in this morning. I'm not leaving 12 years a slave to any kind of bondage, any kind of disease, any kind of broken marriage, any kind of racism or bigotry. I'm not leaving today the same way I came in. I'm going to give what my Jesus has made available to me. Let's do it, church. Worship team, we just begin singing right now. Come on, let's lift it up. Let's raise our hands. Let's close our eyes. And let's press in here. Let's call at the bread of Jesus this morning. Come on, there's power for your pain. Amen. Amen.